everyone to the Blissful Parenting Podcast. I'm Michelle Abraham, your host today. And today I'm joined by a really special guest. I'm really excited to have her here today with us to shed some light on public speaking for kids. So I'm with Paula Howley today, and she's the owner and founder of Head Start Public Speaking for Kids. She's a mom and she's homeschooled her daughter and is been speaking and winning awards for her speaking and she's now working with kids in workshops and classes and is about to take over the world with public speaking for kids so welcome Paula so happy to have you here with us today I'm glad to be here Michelle and it's interesting Paula I love to start with right from the beginning because public speaking for kids when I saw your um when you start your business I was like wow I've never seen that before um as a as a, as a class or a workshop for kids so can you tell us a little bit about how you got there and, and what made you uh focus on public speaking for kids? This is kind of a two-part story, actually, and uh, I'll start way back when I was a kid. Uh, I was 16 years old, and I was one of those kids who spent a lot of time smoking cigarettes in the parking lot and uh, not going to a lot of classes. I was kind of bored and uh, trouble at home and stuff like that, like a lot of teenagers. Uh, Luckily for me, there was a teacher. Her name was Miss Gorski. And uh, I, was, I, I was a talented writer. I liked writing still. And one day she took me aside. She was my English teacher and said, Paula, uh, I like this essay that you've written. And I think that you should enter it in a public speaking contest. Uh, the thing was, was when she took me aside and said that, it was like somebody saying, I see something in you. And she was probably the only person to have said that to me in a very long time. So it sparked a desire in me to live up to that. And I spent the next few weeks and months practicing that speech, going to the library, trying to figure out what was good for public speaking. This was back pre-internet days, right? And I ended up doing really well. I won that contest. I went on to All City and came in second. And... Um, it really changed the way I thought about myself for the rest of my life because I knew that I could do something hard now or what people considered to be hard and and an important skill. So um, despite the fact that I didn't get my stuff together for another decade and a half, um, that experience gave me the knowledge that I could do something of worth. And I used that that skill to speak up for people for the rest of my life, really. Now, we'll fast forward to uh, a couple decades later when I'm married. I've got a little girl who's two years old. I'm at home, and I'm slowly losing my mind due to lack of communication with adults. Yes, Uh, I can relate too. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm at home, and my husband says, hey, honey, I heard about this thing called Toastmasters. It's a public speaking club with clubs all over the world. And I thought, okay, that was something I liked to do back in the day, so I'll give it a shot. And I I mostly went for social reasons. I wanted to get out and speak to other adults and kind of get my brain working in an intellectual way again. And uh, I really enjoyed it. And I ended up doing really well. I ended up winning a bunch of contests there, too, and and made it to, um, you know, the finals in British Columbia one year. And, um, yeah, it was something I really enjoyed. 
Uh, I also have a, a bit of a background in gymnastics coaching too. So I'd worked with kids prior, but I had a friend come up to me and say, uh, she was the leader of a Girl Scout troop. And she said, hey, Paula, um, would you consider doing a public speaking workshop for my Girl Scout troop? And wow, I loved the idea of that. I was super excited about it. So I put something together and did this workshop with these girls for nine weeks. And oh my gosh, it was so much fun. I just saw these kids transform, you know, and it was something else. I, I was, I was fired up by it. I was excited by it. I knew I felt like, Oh, it's, it's what happened to me when I was a kid, you know, and I saw it making a difference. So um, I ended up doing a few more workshops, and one of those workshops was so successful that the parents kept hounding me to turn it into a business so that I could serve more people. And they were so persistent that I finally said, okay, okay, I'll do it. And so that was four years ago, and I uh, started giving classes, and, and here we are today. Wow, that's awesome. I love how that you just went for it and you did a program for some girls and you saw such a huge transformation. Uh, can you tell us a story from one of your clients over the last couple of years is uh, what kind of an impact it's made on, on the kids' lives? One of my favorite students, I probably shouldn't say that, <laughs> but uh, one of my favorite stories, I guess I'll say, is uh, Brooke. Brooke came to me a couple of years ago and she was so shy. She wouldn't even look up from the ground when she was speaking to me. She wouldn't, she couldn't look up at anybody and she couldn't get more than, um, um, out of her mouth. And it was, it was painful to watch because I knew how difficult it was for her. It was the, the discomfort was emanating from her body, you know? But uh, I have to say something for Brooke. She's a determined young lady. She decided that she wanted to get better at this. And so she worked the program. She really did. She did the work and slowly, gradually, she got better and better. And she ended up emceeing the final presentation night that year, which... Uh, basically was, you know, uh, running the show at, in front of an audience of about 60 people. So that's a huge, and she did a great job. She was, she was witty and she was funny and, and you could tell it wasn't, it still wasn't natural for her, but she was doing it. And I was so proud of her, Michelle, really. Wow. That's amazing. I love to hear stories like that. I'm sure you have thousands of stories like that <laughs> in the last few years. Definitely. So what do you think it is? Like if you were to, if you were to be able to talk to some parents, um, earlier in their kids, like, you know, going into school or whatever, what were, what would be some things that you'd be able to, you know, based on your experience, what you've seen, tell our parents to kind of, uh, help kids get through that confidence, um, or fear of speaking, um, as they get older. This is something that I still work with, with my daughter, who's been taking public speaking for four years and she's quite outspoken, but there are still some days when she struggles. Uh, for example, recently she's 11 now and recently there's been a boy who's been borderline whistling at her while she rides her bike by. And I've told her, honey, you have to get off your bike and walk up to him and look him in the eye and say, I don't like what you're doing. It makes me uncomfortable and I want you to stop. 
and you and to be very blunt and basic about it and 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 try and shut off the emotion when you say it which is very difficult to do uh, she's done things like this in the past she's she's been very forthright with people uh, but she still struggles it's 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 an ongoing thing but I, I know she's gonna get there because this is important to her too so I think that you you have to be able to give your kids a voice very young and also to listen to them very young and that's really hard to do because uh, as moms and dads, we have a lot of other things going on too. So it's hard to sit and listen sometimes, but it's a really important thing to do to let them say what they want to say and then let them know that it's okay to say what they want to say and to give them opportunities to continue to voice their opinion in other uh, avenues in front of other people in front of other adults just give them as many opportunities as possible to speak who they are and uh, to encourage them to do it publicly too because this is a skill that we all need and we're all going to be taking out into the world whether it's making a new friend or in a job interview or asking someone out on a date or whatever that's really interesting. Do you have any suggestions? Like, is there a time in the day that you sit down and say, you know, when everyone comes home from work or school, do you sit down and do like 10 minutes of just, you know, conversation? How is your day? That kind of thing. Or is it more about, uh, you know, letting kids know that um, they can talk without judgment and just like breaking down those, those, those fearful barriers maybe for them? I think uh, both of those things are a great idea. I, I personally don't set aside specific time with Megan, but she and I converse a lot. And people, she, she's probably got the vocabulary of an adult, really. She can carry on a conversation with adults. Um, I think it's just really important to hear your kids and to continue to give them uh, more uh, language uh repeat back what they've said and use other words so that they can expand their vocabulary as well because it's fun too to to play with language you know yeah that makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. is there something that you see uh do you see parents doing things wrong like are there any suggestions that you have for maybe things that you've seen along the way that could really help parents that are just about to enter into you know kids growing up they're old enough to have conversations now what, what's some things that we can look for I think it's really important to push our kids a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, I think um, I think we're there's a lot of fear in our generation and the generation before of parenting, and that's been cultivated by the society that we live in. And a lot of it is irrational but we've still latched onto it because fear is really powerful. It's, it's one of the most powerful emotions we have, but um, pushing our kids a little bit. For example, instead, if, if your child wants something at a store, perhaps tell them that they have to go ask the salesperson for it. Don't do it for them or the library, you know, Ask, tell them, if you want this book, I want you to go up to the librarian and say, can you help me find this book? So empower them to empower themselves because the more they do it, the, the better they'll get at it. And then it'll just become 
natural. They'll just do it. Uh, they will seek out opportunity. They will seek out uh, people to speak to. They'll know, oh, if I want something, I can go ask somebody for it and they will help me find it. And that in itself is a skill. Those are great ideas. Another one came to my mind was like at ordering your own food at a restaurant or something. I'm sure that would help too. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Every opportunity that you get to let them speak for themselves, do it. So now when you see um, kids come to you like Brooke, who is really shy and won't look at you, um, are there some things that maybe could have prevented that from happening? Like, is there anything that maybe parents have like a more, uh, like more open conversations or, you know, what's there to any signs to look for in your kids? Well, uh, Brooke's mom is actually a teacher and she recognized that, uh, Brooke needed more skills. Um, she, she might've sent her to me a little younger because I find that the younger you start, the easier it is. And you can also try and make a game of it. Uh, have you ever heard of the game Table Topics? Yes. yes. Yeah, that's a, a fantastic game to play with your kids. I think they have a junior version too. And, and it's just a box of questions. And you can play this at the dinner table. You can play this with your friends. But it's uh, questions, you know, like, uh, what's the what's the scariest thing that's ever happened to you or who's your favorite teacher and why so it, you have to think on the spot and then come up with your answer and if you present it as a game then it's not as intimidating it's just fun and you can slowly do that with bigger and bigger audiences or crowds or groups of friends too so um, yeah the younger you start the better that's awesome. I was just going to ask for your programs. What, what, what do you find is like a really good age to start doing some um, public speaking? I actually think that I, d I don't think that you're ever too young to start. Uh, right now I'm teaching kids who are eight and up, but I put the eight, nine and 10 year olds in a separate class. Uh, mostly because the content of older kids might be a bit much for them sometimes. But uh, I, I really would like to work with even younger kids in the future uh, just for fun, you know, uh, spinning the table topics wheel and playing table topics and getting them to come up to the front and just say, what's your name? How old are you? What are three of your favorite things to do? Um, I, I think that no age is too young. I, I, I'd like to see it starting in kindergarten, frankly. I can see that being really valuable. My son was a little bit delayed with his speech. Mm -hmm. so going through speech therapy with him for the last few years, mm -hmm. we've been kind of doing those kind of games with the speech therapist. So yeah, it's, awesome. I can see the value of that. It's just helped his speech so much with playing games, Excellent. And just talking more to parents yep. and to adults and having really, really good conversations. And that's amazing how simple the answer really is, right? Just come more conversation. For sure. <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah. And the thing is, is the more he does it, the better he'll get. Right. Yeah. And do you think screen time has an effect of like how kids communicate now than when they did like say 10 years ago? I mean more like, like because they are on the screen so much more um, than, you know, how than playing with friends or, you know, um, acting or being out or yeah. whatever. I do you think that's had an impact maybe. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, I, it's funny. Um, we live in a rural area, so Megan doesn't get to see her friends a lot. So she's on the screen with them communicating quite a bit. 
but there's nothing like being in person. Uh, she had a friend who she was predominantly a screen friend with, and they just had a get together and a sleepover. And just being together, talking with each other, that amount of time, completely different dynamic, you know? Uh, I think that the less screen time, the better, frankly. Right. I would imagine yeah. so. Do you find, um, what are some of the things that um, kids coming in, maybe they're like shy or whatever, um, are not uh, communicating very well and not looking in the eye. What are some of the things that at the end of a program that you see, see with them? Definite improvement in eye contact. Mm -hmm. Definite. Uh, even posture. Kids who are shy even stand a different way than kids who are not shy. Um, also, the ability to think on your feet, the ability to express yourself, even just to, what, one of the things that I, I like about my program the most, actually, is I ask kids uh, to think about who they are and what's important to them. And, and I find that that's not a question that a lot of people ask. A lot of adults say, what do you want to be when you grow up? But like, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up, right? So we're, we're asking seven and eight-year-olds this. The, the better question might be, what do you like? What's fun for you in the world? Tell me about that. Because when you ask somebody what's important to them, then they want to tell you. And so if you give them that opening, they're going to walk right through it and uh, even shy kids that's great I love that mm -hmm. I think that's really neat it's true we do ask them what they want to be and not many adults know what they want to be I find that I find the younger kids know what they want to be whereas the adults don't true true sometimes we have to go right back to what our desires were when we were really little and and think you know I really liked that when I was seven or eight and end up going back to it. <laughs> That's right. That's great. I love it. So now, um, do you inspire the kids? I'm going to restart that question. <laughs> um, do you find the kids want to do more public speaking once they've got a little bit of a taste of it? They do. It's kind of cool that way. Um, I had one girl last year. Oh, what was her name again? Oh, I can't remember her name. I'm going to call her Nancy because that's her mom's name. Um, Nancy actually was seeking out opportunities outside of class, which was really cool. It, it, she wasn't particularly outgoing either. She was kind of shy too, but she kind of got fired up by the challenges and she liked the, she liked to be challenged. So she was actually going out to little cafes and asking, can I play my violin here? Can I read a poem here? And uh, that's part of uh, my program too, is one of the challenges is to actually go outside of Head Start and uh, perform for strangers in at least one place. I, I encourage kids to do another thing called the Avery drill, which is kind of scary. It was even scary for me, but it's, uh, I named it after the 2012 world champion of public speaking, Ryan Avery, who used to go into public uh, in, in preparation for the world championship. He would go into public places and just start saying his speech he would go into a market square, for example, and he didn't gather people to sit down. He would just start saying it. So people would walk by and think, is this guy losing his mind, you know, but there's vision and that you're pushing through that weirdness and that discomfort 
so that when you actually are doing that speech in the intended place and time, it's a breeze. Wow, so that's the Avery drill is, it's a great drill. I've done it myself and it really works. And uh, the thing is too, is when you're finished, you feel like a superhero. You feel like you can do anything. I bet you have to push through some stuff to do that. (laughs) The kids, kids, you have the kids doing that. That's amazing. They do. And they have fun. And then I actually have them come to class and tell us about the experience because I want them to relay the feelings that they pushed through. I want them to remember the experience of pushing through their fear and so that they can remember later on in life, I did that thing that was really scary. I know I can do anything. Amazing. I bet you see the skills that they are learning in your program transcend through like schoolwork, homework, sports, relationships with family, yep. that kind of thing. Is that definitely is that what happens? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, there was a girl named Ella uh, who was in one of the first workshops that I did. Uh, she came up to me at the end of the program. She said, Paula, I actually auditioned for the lead in the school play today. And I never would have done that before. But she just, she saw herself differently. She saw herself as being able to speak and having some leadership qualities. So it was super exciting to see that uh, bleed over into the rest of her life. What an exciting, um, empowering position you're in right now that watch these kids transform in front of your eyes. It so what's, what's next on the agenda for Head Start Public Speaking for Kids? Next on the agenda is expansion, actually. Uh, I'm on the Sunshine Coast right now in two cities, and I'm expanding into North Van this year. Uh, I, I'd like to go more, but I'm still homeschooling my daughter, so there's only so much one mother can do. <laughs> But yeah, North Van is the next step. And frankly, I'd like to see Head Start in cities across North America and the world because there's nothing like this going on anywhere. And if there's one skill everybody's going to need in the future, it's the ability to communicate yourself to others. Absolutely. That's amazing. And I saw on your website, you have 10 steps for parents to help them kind of with their kids' confidence. Um, Is that on your website still? And what's your website address? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, headstartpublicspeaking.com. That's headstartpublicspeaking.com. And yeah, there is a downloadable sheet there for confidence for kids. So yeah, head over there and, and sign up for it. So we'd be happy to send it to you. Great. Yeah. I think that would be really helpful for parents to have to kind of definitely guide their, guide their students. And if you're in one of the cities that Paula is in with her program, definitely check her out. And, um, if you're interested in this kind of program coming to a place near you, um, you know, reach out to Paula and let her know. For sure. so Paula, it's been a pleasure having you on the show this morning. And I am so excited for where this is going and the impact it's having in kids. Um, and starting in your own community and spreading your wings farther and farther. I think what a ripple effect that's going to cause in uh, the kids that are growing up today. So thanks for making such an impact in their lives. And uh, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for listening to the Blissful Parent Podcast. For complete transcriptions of this show, as well as helpful links to resources mentioned in this episode, please visit our website at theblissfulparent.com. 